Let's get on our feet for the Super Sunday of Preaching. Make some noise. Coming to you, your home team with a five and three record. Team Hatfield. And now for your challenger, coming in with a record of zero and zero, his freshman debut, T-Minus! <coughs> Is Snoop Dogg here already? Yeah. Halftime show. <laughs> it's lingering around the new guy. I don't know what that's doing. So, all right. Well, Smoke follows victory. Oh, it's a good thing you didn't say duty. <laughs> ah, we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> hey, if you hit your first few times here and uh, you're totally like blown away, what in the world is going on with Screaming from the Stage? This is Super Sunday, the Battle of the Brandons. Your Super Sunday of preaching, and this is one awesome time that we have as a Fairdale family. Let me give you a rundown of what's going to happen. We're going to have four quarters of super preaching action. Each of these Brandons will have seven minutes to be able to deliver a message. If they deliver the message in a timely fashion, they will receive a touchdown worth seven points. They will also be required to draw a random phrase from our random football random bucket. A lot of randoms in there. There's also a lot of Brandons on stage, so it goes with it. If they use this random phrase in their seven minutes, of which they have no clue what they are, I can verify by that because I helped pick them out. They have not seen them. If they use this random phrase, they get one extra point. If they use a scripture reference, they get one extra point. And if they use a quote in their sermon, they get an additional extra point, resulting in a possible of 10 points per quarter. However... I have a feeling these are going to come out a few times. They can also ah. receive a penalty for any other infraction that the refs make up and decide that they want to throw because we all know the refs write the rule book. If they receive a penalty, that is a minus three points. All right? You guys know how football starts. We start off with the towing costs. So we will look at our home team, and we'll ask you to call it in the air. We have tails, and we have heads. All right? And here we go. Heads. Heads it is! <laughs> Yay! Would you, like to, uh, would you like to receive or defer? I'm receiving. Let's receiving. go. Let's go. All right. Team Minot, sit down. Sit down. All sit right. down. I'm going to pull this trophy back here. All right. <laughs> Careful. All right. Your random phrase that you have to use is... <laughs> I've, right. heard, I've heard this before. Uh, I'm sure you have. So have I. That's what brought back the therapy that I did. Oh, yeah. I brought you into this world. I can take you out. First, wow. first quarter starts now. All right. Everybody, welcome to the Super Bowl of preaching. We're so excited. Are you excited? Man, this is it's great. 
This is awesome. This is the day we look forward to all year. And, and, and I just want to say this. You know, we, we live in a world that's it's divided. Everybody's on edge. But one thing that brings us all together in some weird way is sports. I mean, even if you're not even a sports fan, there's something about championships that just bring people together a little bit. We want to see a good game tonight. I can't wait to watch my Bengals. We're going. It's fun. It's going to be awesome. And here's, if you're new to us or you're new to church, there's this, like three things that are really important to us that we want you to know. And one thing is if you leave here today and you think, man, that was kind of fun. And if you leave here today and you think, hey, I didn't know that church could be like that. And if you leave here today and you think, you know, I kind of feel like I connected with God a little bit, then those would be huge wins for us. And that, to be honest, that's what we're praying for, that would, you would experience that in your life today. So before we do anything else, let's pray. God, I just thank you for the opportunity to come before you and uh, to just be in your house and to laugh and to have fun and to not take ourselves so seriously, but to, we definitely want to take you seriously. So Lord, I pray that you would bless everything that happens here today and help us to be drawn closer to you. We thank you for uh, just this place that we can celebrate together. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, we're going to talk a lot about endurance today. How can we keep pushing through the pain and the hard stuff no matter what? I was downtown a few weeks ago. I was one of those sports bar, restaurant type places. Got like 500 TVs, and I'm sitting around, and it was some. We're watching football, and people wearing their jerseys, and we're high fiving and cheering, and and just looking forward to the Super Bowl. It's like Snoop Dogs in the Super. Like, can it get any better than this? Like the Bengals is so great. I'm excited, and I thought that there was a moment that I'm sitting there in this crowded place. All these pe- people are excited. I thought, man, this just feels like the good old days of 2019. Like, it just feels normal. And I know that's been the question on all of our minds, and it's been on my mind, is when are we ever going to get back to normal? Can we just get back there? And while that may be easy, that's not necessarily growth. And the one thing that I know that God wants for me and for you is for us to get back to better. But if we're going to get back to better, we've got to give up the illusion of an easy path and embrace the certainty of trouble. And when I think about trouble, I think about it like three T's. Trouble is tension. Anybody got some tension in their life right now? And and I think about trouble uh, when you face trauma. And I think about trouble when you're in times of transition, when things are changing and you don't know what's up around the next bend. And and trouble's like this turbulence in your life. It's easy to feel like I'm losing. Like I'm losing control of my life. I'm losing sight of my goals. And, and I don't know what's coming around the bend. I'm losing the battles. And I, I don't know about you, but I hate to lose. I mean, that's just not really in my vocabulary. I don't like to lose. That's why I hated when my mama said, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Like that's not even. Yeah, baby. Bengals are in the Super Bowl tonight. First time in like 32 years. If you're a Bengals fan, man, you know all about endurance and long suffering. But man, it's so awesome. Joe Burrow, the quarterback, just you can't, you just can't help but love the guy. He's awesome, and and I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna be take them to victory tonight. But he said this. Uh, I know he's gonna show up, but a quote from him. He said one time, "Losing isn't very fun." And you say, well, that, that kind of goes without saying, right? But man, I identify with that like down on to a cellular level. But losing is not very fun. How can you and I win in spite of all the trouble in our lives, the tension, the trauma, 
in the times of transition. The Bible says this in James chapter 1. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, whether it's trauma, tension, transition, whatever it is, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Because you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Not let it go, not frozen, there's nobody else up here, but let it grow. Let that endurance grow. And when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And what I really want you to know today, we're going to have trouble. There's no way around that. Welcome to life. It just has a way of beating you up. But, but the truth that we know from God is that the way to better isn't escaping trouble, it's facing it. It's when we face our trouble head on, and that verse reminds us that when trouble comes our way, when we face those difficult times, when we're put to the test, something happens, and we start to build something. And we're not looking for the easy path, we're not looking for the the, the path of least resistance, but when that endurance is developed, we'll be complete. And God has called us, he's called you and me to be people who are strong and that can face problems and learn how to endure hard times. And and I know that all the little weenie boys and girls in the room are saying, no, I don't want to do any hard stuff, I don't like any of that. Like Brandon Minot, this man, he talks a big game, but what we got right here is one very confident man with two very disappointed parents. What is this? What kind of game is this, ref? Hey. We need to keep a clean fight here. Team Hatfield is assessed a penalty for the illegal targeting of a man's parents. Team Minot is also assessed a penalty. Yes. For we're throwing not, stuff. We're not turning the other cheek. <laughs> when he clearly has enough to turn. <laughs> oh, wrong cheek. Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. Uh, now I gotta pick these up. Hang on one sec. Well, we're 10 minutes in, then the butt joke came out. I was, it, it took 10 whole minutes, though. That's good. We did good to get that <laughs> far. All right, preach on. The way to better is not by escaping trouble. You'll, you're never gonna be able to do that. You're never gonna be able to get through life and escape <laughs> trouble. The way to better is facing it. You've got to face trouble, and I believe that each of us. Every one of us, we have been made in the image of God. And the Bible tells us in Romans 8 that in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Not just that we're conquerors, but we're more than. And and that's how God sees you. If you've accepted Jesus into your life, it doesn't matter how you failed yesterday. All that matters is what God wants to do in you today. What's he doing right now? That verse in Romans 8, it goes on, says, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nothing, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So no matter what you're up against today, know that you have a God who is with you, who is for you, He is cheering for you. He'll never leave you. He's calling you to endure, to stay the course. You're going to face trouble. He's going to be right there beside you. And that's the way to better. And that's why we're here as a church 
to help you understand a little bit more about who God is and to walk beside you on this journey. Touchdown, Team Hatfield! Team Hatfield receives seven points for that touchdown. They also receive one extra point for the use of a scripture, one extra point for the use of a quote, and one extra point for accurately figuring how to use your quote in your sermon. Well done. That's, that's uh, nice. Uh, also, which there was a penalty on the play for Team Hatfield, so there's a reduction of three points, which leaves Team Hatfield with seven. However, Team Minot also had a reduction of points from zero <coughs> uh, in that penalty as well, leaving us with a first quarter update scoring of seven to negative three. Congratulations. I don't think there's ever been a negative three in the Super Sunday preaching before. That's, that's awesome. All right. All right. Second quarter starts off. The freshman gets to pick here his random phrase. Our random phrase he has to use is, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> Second quarter starts now. It's interesting playing a game when you have to play against the referee and your opponent. But anyways. Yeah, keep your whistle to yourself, ref. So um, famous football coach. Paul Bear Bryant says it's not the will to win that matters. Everyone has that. It's the will to prepare to win that matters. And as my opponent and colleague has introduced, we're talking about endurance today. And I remember growing up, I was always the big kid. I've been kind of this tall and big dude since I was probably about 12, 13 years old. And as I got older... I started to think about football, and as I got close to that age, I was a big kid, people are like, you got to play football, you got to play football, I didn't want to play football, and then all of a sudden, I became excited about football, and I used to, whenever i go to the store with my mom, I'd go sneak over the athletic section, I'd look at the football pads, and I'd think about, man, if I walked onto that field with my jersey, and my football pants, and my cleats, and put that eye black, and then I didn't even know what it was for. That's what football players did. I wanted to do that. I wanted to be cool. And then I'd have my helmet, and people would cheer, Brandon. Like, and I'd walk on that field, and the other team would be scared because I wanted to play football. And so one of my buddies played football, and he's like, hey, come and try out for our Bantam League football team. And I said, okay, let's go. And I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm like, let's go. You know, I'm going to be that football player. I'm going to live in that moment. I'm going to be ready. And so I show up to the football field. And I start to look out, and what I'm seeing, I don't see my friend, nervous already, and I look out, and I see, and this is supposed to be like your skills evaluation. This isn't even practice. This isn't even your workout. This isn't even anything other than evaluating and like signing you to the team for like younger kids football. And I show up, and I remember looking around, and there's... Uh, People doing the jump throughs and then like the nets and jumping up and down. There's kids over there doing jumping jacks. And then I look over and there's a coach with a whistle yelling at kids to do push-ups. And I'm like, uh-uh, nope, this ain't worth it. This is not worth it. And my mom, what she should have said was, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. 
and kicked me out of the door. But she did not, and I quit. I was like, no, no, no. I'm not willing to put in the work to be a football player. I'm not willing to. If that's what it is, I'm out. And I don't know about you, but like Brandon introduced this idea, endurance is going to happen. It's not if you need endurance. It's not if you happen to come in situations that you need endurance. Endurance is going to happen. And according to Paul, Coach Bear Bryant, we've got to be preparing ourselves for when that endurance has to be had. And we've got to constantly be preparing ourselves. Well, there's a story in the Bible, very famous story, and it's about a guy named Noah. Probably one of the most famous Bible stories ever. One of the things we, we'd look over, and I'm so glad Noah was not like me in the moment and quit. And one of the things I love about the story of Noah is that when God looked over the earth, he saw Noah's family, and they were the last family to have faith in him. And because of that, he went to Noah, and he gave them this opportunity. And what I love is Noah has no problems. He told Noah, you're going to build this big, giant boat when nobody has boats. And not only that, you're going to get inside of that boat with your family and animals. And I'm going to wipe out the earth and put you in the water and keep you safe. But you've got to build this boat. You've got to prep for what I'm going to have you endure for my name. And I love what he saw in Noah, and I hope it's what he sees in us. And I pray that he sees that in our church and in our hearts. Noah says, okay, Lord. And he starts swinging that hammer. And he starts building that boat, and he starts swinging that hammer. Didn't matter if his neighbors came up to him. He kept swinging that hammer and getting the guideline and going right for it. Because he knew in those moments, he's got to prep and trust the Lord in his situation and in his life. And here's what I love. This is in Genesis. It says, when, it says, when everything was ready, powerful verse there, when everything was ready, when Noah was prepped, when the boat was done, when all the tasks were done, when everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, go into the boat with all your family. For among all the people of the earth, I can see that you alone are righteous. Take with you seven pairs, male and female, of each animal I have approved for eating, for sacrifice, and take one pair of each of the others. Also take seven pairs... Of every kind of bird, there must be male and female in each pair to ensure all life will survive on the earth after the flood. Seven days from now, I'll make the rains pour down on earth, and it will rain for 40 days and 40 nights until I have wiped from the earth all the living things I have created. That's scary stuff, and if we've heard that story before, we're kind of numb to it, but can you imagine when God calls you to prep for endurance? But what I love, what I love, and what I don't want you to miss, and what I encourage you today in your life and in your place is keep swinging that hammer when the earth says stuff to you when the earth tries to define you when the earth tells you who you are when the earth says you're supposed to be this way when our community when the people around you whoever it is they will tell you who you are but you and I are only defined by our relationship with God and no one knew that and he swung the hammer and he built the boat so please as we grow in our faith, keep swinging that hammer, folks. Keep swinging that hammer. What does God want from me? It doesn't matter what my work says. It doesn't matter what my career says. It doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter what people said about me growing up. It doesn't matter the things I've quit or I'm not defined by my past. I will keep swinging that hammer and do what God has called me to do in my life. Amen. Touchdown, Team Minot!
Team Minot receives seven points for a touchdown for using the appropriate use of time. Well done. See, preachers take three minutes to say, say their name. So, uh, they all, uh, Team Minot also gets one point for the use of his random phrase, one point for the use of scripture, and one point for the use of an illustrative comment, resulting in ten points for this quarter. However, assessing the negative three points that you somehow earned in the fourth, fourth, first quarter, words go here. You know, you got to get notes. All right. That leaves us with a first half score of seven to seven. That ends our first half. And now we kick it back over to our knuckleheads in the booth for your sports show. Wow, what an invigorating first half. And welcome back to our halftime show brought to you by Rooted. Well, Rodney, let's break down that first half. Talk a little bit about each component here, each player, and uh, what transpired. Well, I'm going to tell you, Phil, I was expecting quite a contest here. And I'm going to tell you, I could not, I, I can't believe how good it's been. I mean, both of them are bringing it. Bringing it. Now, I tell you what, they got to control their emotions. If they stay focused on the word and delivering the word, they're delivering it. But I tell you, they get, what hurt Hatfield was that, that penalty, and then what he hurt also uh, minded is that he allowed Hatfield to get in his head. But you know what? He got, he, he got his head out of his cheek, <laughs> and he come and he brought it. And I'm going to tell you, I, I, couldn't, I, I can't wait for the second half, Phil. Well, it is going to be a great second half. I was, uh, I was surprised by the penalties. Uh, that did kind of surprise me, especially, you know, you talked about one of the keys to the victory uh, for Hatfield is going redneck, but I think he went a little redneck in the wrong direction there. Yes, yes, but then there for a second, mine it went redneck-er. Redneck-er, <laughs> that's right. So uh, are we ready to send it to the halftime show, or does Sarah have something she wants to share with us, or is that a little later? I, in think, uh, I think she's working on it now. I'm not positive. I okay. Think, yeah, she, uh, no, I t correct me. I believe we are. We, let's go to our on-the-spot reporter, Sarah Ambrose. Where are you at now? restroom in the past has been an utter disaster. Well now we have luxury men's restrooms. We have three different urinals that actually work and we spared no expense. They have automatic flushers plus two extra stalls for a little extra privacy. Also known as Brandon's extra office. Back to you. Well, Miss Sarah Albro, uh, that's quite a situation, urine. Oh, you're not going to go there. That is not on the script. Stay on the script. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're in, excuse me, not urine. Oh, my goodness. Can we not just depend on you? <laughs> now, that was good. Okay, well, it is time for, as, as it is with every Super Bowl, and especially the Super Bowl of preaching, we have a terrific terrific halftime show brought to us by the worship team here at Fairdale Christian Church. So let's send it back to the stage and turn it over to John and the gang to lead us in a little bit of worship. Let's stand up on our feet this morning.
got an old school one for you today. I hope you enjoy this. and the sea. Your river runs with love for me. And I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free. I'm happy to be in the truth. And I will daily lift my hands for I will always sing. When your love came down, I could sing of your
All right, we are back for our halftime show. Just got some giveaways. The crowd is electric. That was some great worship. Although I got to tell you, I'm always a little nervous when there's a guy on stage wearing a skull cap. <laughs> Phil, we just come back live, so I think we missed that first part. Can you uh, go over that again? Well, just I love the worship. It had great energy, but always makes me nervous when there's a guy up there with a skull cap on. Well, it's cute. It's cute. It's sweet. <laughs> it's a cute little guy, isn't he? Yeah, it is. Yeah, he is. Well, well I want to tell you, Phil, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. I, I mean, how can you come to church and worship and be get spiritually nutrition and, and have this much fun in this atmosphere? I, a lot of people may know this, may not, but 57 years ago, I was at the very first Sunday at Fairdale Christian, and I'm very proud of Fairdale Christian. And I, I, I'm telling you, this was everything I thought it would be squared by 57. <laughs> It's just going to be really great, really. It's, that second half is just going to be phenomenal. I know it is. So, But guess what we got? What do we got? We got Sarah Albro on the spot reporter again, and I can't wait to see what she's got. I've finally gotten over uh, Crawdad Bob. Well, let's see. Let's send it down to Sarah and find out what's going on. Richard, I'm here at ground zero of one of the biggest massacres of food that Fairdale has ever seen. An intern, former intern, who shall remain nameless, was cooking his mac and cheese in this very room when he decided to put the microwave on the temperature of hell. And this is where it happened. kitchen will never be the same as the former intern's legacy will be left here forever. Back to you, Brenda. Well, I don't know who that Brenda is, but uh, I think I recognize that intern. I believe his, well, we won't say his name, but let's just say his first name starts with a P and ends with Aiton. Yeah, I, and you know what? He's a former MVP of the Super Bowl, isn't he? Or do I have him mixed up? Oh, that, you're talking about that guy up in Indianapolis and then actually won another one in Denver. Oh, okay, my bad. I got that one. I'm having trouble with names. Earlier I said Sarah Ambro, which is clearly Albro, but then again, we're, we've been Brenda, Richard, Gerardo, and everything, so don't feel quite as bad about this, but, man, I'm excited. As we wrap up the halftime show here, uh, Rodney, tell us, what do you think needs to happen? What are the adjustments for the second period? The adjustments are... Stay focused. Remember the keys to the game. What got you here? Dance with the partner you came to the dance with, all right? Put, put it out there the way you have got yourself here, and we're going to have a great second half, I guarantee you. Well, we want to thank you guys for tuning in, and once again, remember, the halftime show here was brought to you by Rooted. 
Learn seven vital rhythms that connect you with God, the church, and your purpose in unexpected, life-changing ways. Rooted begins Sunday, February 20th, and it's not too late to sign up. Okay, we're ready. We're ready. Let's head back to the field. All right, gentlemen, we had a great first half. I expect a cleaner second half from both of you. Uh, if we have to have reminders, we will have reminders. Second half starts with Team Minot receiving the football. Come on up, my friend. <clears throat> Sir, will you draw your random phrase? <clears throat> and the phrase that you have to use is... Oh, your wife tells you that every day, right? Yep. Okay. That's going to be easy for you to believe. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Make sure you wear clean underwear. <laughs> Third quarter starts now. Well, hey, we're going to pick up the story back with Noah in the beginning of Genesis. And so one of the things that I want to focus on is the boat's been built. Noah prepped himself, and now God called them into the boat, and the rain came pouring down. Forty days and forty nights of rain hit this boat. Right? Like if we, we live close to the Ohio River, and if it rains for two days, we start making sure there's nothing important on the basement floor, right? I live in New Albany, Indiana, and the water, after just a day and a half of rain, will get up there. Can you imagine a world where it rains for 40 days and 40 nights? Now, one of the things, Noah is with his family on a boat and a zoo, okay? Now, it wasn't like he was on a cruise liner ship where they're sitting around a pool watching the world drown, they're in a wooden box full of family. You guys go on a road trip with a family, imagine 40 days while it's storming, right? Around Christmas time, me and my wife tried to hang a clock on our wall. We almost didn't make it through that, okay? That joke was approved by her. But anyways. But it's hard, that's hard, that's endurance, like literally all they have. God prepped them by giving them the boat. God told them what to put on the boat. God said, I will be with you. But here they are, 40 days and 40 nights, floating around, having control over anything. Where is your life floating at times? Where God, I don't know what to do anymore. I try, I work really hard, I do this, I try to have this relationship, I try to do this, and God, I feel like I'm just floating. And in those moments, all we could do, all Noah could do, was to trust in God. That's literally all he can do. And here's the problem. You and I, it takes moments like that for us to start to trust in God. What happens if we start trusting God, knowing that the floating is going to come, know that the flooding is going to come, know that the storm is going to come? But here's what's awesome. God is king over the storms, and God is king over the flooding. And Noah knew that, and Noah trusted that, and that's what got them through the days where it was raining so hard, and they're stuck in this wooden box full of frustrated, full of boredness, full of anger, full of whatever, full of animal poop sitting around. Like, this wasn't a cruise ship, this was endurance. They were in the middle of endurance. And it says it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. It doesn't say how long they floated there. It doesn't say how much longer after the rain that they had to sit there. But here's what I know. God had land ready for Noah and God has land ready for you. 
And if we endure by the faith and trust in Jesus Christ, who is the King of endurance, we will make it to dry land. God has dry land for you folks. God has dry land ready. And here's what's awesome. And here's what I pray. And here's what I try to remember. And here's what is so difficult. Is finally they get the sign of dry land. They get the sign of dry land. They start to celebrate. They start to... Uh, I would say they celebrated by listening to a Brandon Hatfield message, but we know they didn't do that and celebrate. That was like <laughs> that on. kind of thing. Like, the more, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute the, now. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, that, no call on that, Ref. No, that was good. Just gonna let actually, that spell. That's hilarious. I challenge. No, I think, oh, no, 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 no. They listened to the end Review. of his message. That's where the no. celebration. Uh, shut up. What, a challenge? Sit down. Come on, Ref. Blow. Play is under further review. I gotta look at the notes for this. I gotta look at the rule book. I don't know. You, you're the one making the big bucks here. <laughs> Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> like every ref. Yeah, let, me, let me see this one. Nope. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here it is. It is a penalty. Is no, is, uh, don't boo that. Illegal use of Phil Miller's one-liners. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I hate that guy, too. Sorry. <laughs> that one got you. The penalty will be enforced after the quarter. Preach on. <laughs> but my folks, my friends, my family here today, God has dry land. And God's bigger than any kind of disease. God's bigger than any kind of sickness. And God has dry land, and he has it for you, and he has it for me, and he had it for Noah back then when they felt like they were all alone and trapped. And here's what happens, and here's what's so awesome. They started to get signs of land. And then finally the moment came. Finally the moment came that they could get off the boat. Finally the moment came where God said, you need to do this and go take over the dry land. It says this, God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you. You and your wife and your sons and their wives release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, the small animals that scurry along the ground so they can be fruitful and multiply through the earth. So Noah, his wife, and his sons and their wives left the boat and all of the large and small animals and birds came out of the boat pair by pair. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. There he sacrificed as burnt offerings the animals, the birds that had been approved for that purpose. Now, mom's in the room. Your sons are coming out of the boat. She reminded them, make sure you wear clean underwear when you go back on earth. If you're going to put your feet on our new earth, our new earth is out there, son. You put your clean underwear on. I got my fans. I was trash talking a lot when I walked in this morning. But hey, I want to give you a quote and I want to end my time together here shortly with us today. Famous running back in the NFL. I remember watching him growing up collecting his football cards. Emmett Smith. He says this I may win and I may lose, but I will never be defeated. Whether you're living life on a boat, 
whether you're living life in luxury, whatever your family situation looks like, whatever you are trying to endure right now, whatever you are questioning right now, we may lose together, folks, people that serve God, people that serve Jesus, but we can ride that wave knowing that we will never be defeated. So my challenge for my church family today, for all of us, start swinging that hammer, start prepping for when the endurance comes, and when it does, ride that wave knowing that defeat is not an option when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for letting me be with you all today. Touchdown, Team Minus! Team Minus receives seven points for the touchdown. They also receive one extra point for the use of a phrase, one extra point for the use of a quote, and one extra point for the use of scripture, resulting in ten points for the third quarter for the visiting team. However, there was a penalty on the field. Plagiarism, from what I hear of other people's one-liners, must be enforced for minus three points, which leaves the total points for the third quarter seven points with an update of Team Minot in the lead, 14 to 7. Woo. And now, a word from our sponsors. It's time for us to stop waiting around for something to happen. And people in the Bible did this for thousands of years. They were waiting for someone to come or something to happen, something to change. And then Jesus shows up in Mark 1, verse 15, and he says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. If we're waiting for something to change, it's time to just to know that revival, it's here. Step into it. a brand new series that I am so stoked about They call Revival is Here. And a lot of people, we are sitting around and we are waiting for God to do something. Like, come on, let's, let's get moving here. And what we want you to know over the next few weeks, God's already doing something. He's doing something in our communities, doing something in our lives, but some of us have not stepped into it yet. And it's time for you to step into it and recognize that Revival is already here. So join us next week for that. All right, for the finishing quarter of the game, we send it back over to the home team to start our fourth quarter. Team Hatfield, will you uh, draw your random phrase? Give me a good one. I always get the lame ones every year. Yeah? This one lame? <laughs> well, good, good luck. I'm not going. Uh, you're going to poke your eye out with that thing. <laughs> fourth quarter starts now. Yeah, we're, we're talking a lot about endurance today, and one of the problems that so many of us have, we give up way too quickly and too easily. we got a lot of quit in us. You know, when the going gets tough, we just kind of sit back, and way too many of us, 
we are sitting back even now, we're just kind of passively muttering things like, well, let's just let go and let God while our lives are falling apart. That may look really good on grandma's pillow, but it's really not that great in your life and in your relationship with the living God. Nothing great can happen in your life until by the grace of God, you grab your life by the throat and you say, this is where I'm going. You got one life to live. God has called you to make the most of it, make the most of every opportunity. And I'll tell you, that's one thing that I love about my guy, Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, man. The thing I love about him, what's not to love, Bengals quarterback, well, they were in last place last year in, in the conference. Unbelievable. It's like this Cinderella story. And what makes Joe Burrow so good, the dude, you watch him play, he's got ice in his veins. I mean, he just doesn't get rattled by anything. A play can be going on, and you just see he is just laser-focused. You don't see him getting nervous when the pressure is on. He just keeps his head down, and he gets the job done. This past Monday, he was being interviewed. I love what he said. He, uh, he said, don't have a workout and post it on Instagram the next day, and then go sit on your butt the next day, and everybody thinks you're working hard, but you're not. He says, work in silence. Don't show anybody what you're doing. That's endurance. That's not, I'm not doing it for show. I'm not doing it for what other people see or what they think, because that's what we all do, right? Like our lives are driven by how many likes can I get on Facebook? How many, you know, retweets? How many whatevers? Instead of doing the actual work of endurance and pushing through and, and, and getting through the hard stuff. That's what it looks like to take charge of your life and where you're headed. And, and, and I know that's true, and we got to be careful in this, because if we're not, you're going to poke your eye out with that thing. You've got to really watch, Brandon. Really watch. Be careful. Galatians 6 says this. Don't be misled. Let, let, that word, let those words soak over you for a minute. Do not be misled. Nobody makes a fool of God. What a person plants, whatever you're planting, whatever you're chasing after, that's what you're going to harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, you're going to harvest a crop of weeds. All you're going to have to show for your life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do that growth work in him, they harvest a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good because at the right time we will reap a harvest, it will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people that are closest to us in the community of faith. I love what that verse says, don't get fatigued in doing good. Don't let yourself flame out. You know, it's way too easy. We, we get numbed out. We get burnt out. We're just going through rhythm, you know, going through the, the motions with no, no intention. A lot of us, we're just, we've been, we feel beaten down over the last couple of years. Man, what a terrible, what a terrible life this has been the last two years. I mean, it's exhausting. And every time you turn around, I, I felt a lot of that myself. I swear, over the last, every last year, it seems like every time we're like turning the corner, I start getting excited. And I'm like, yes. Yes, here we go. Life's getting good again. All right, here we go. And then, boom, somebody around me gets sick. I swear, if I have to stick one of those Q-tips up my nose again, I'm not doing it, Brandon. I'm done. I'm tired of it. I've had enough. And it's so easy to let ourselves get so discouraged when you lose your drive. Like, you just get knocked out of gear, and we just can't get back into a good rhythm. 
Vince Lombardi, everybody's heard that name. Vince Lombardi, legendary coach of the Packers, legendary leader. Uh, one of the, he's got so many great quotes, but one that I love, he says, fatigue, you're tired, you're wore out, it makes a coward of you. You let yourself get fatigued, you let yourself get worn down, it's going to make a coward of all of us. That's true. You get numbed out, it just takes away your confidence. When I think about confidence, when I think about cowards, I just look over to my left and I see this big cowardly man, Brandon Minot. Knows... Come on, man. It... Now just let me Carol, preach Carol, for Carol. five minutes Carol. without interruption. Careful. Careful. There's a penalty on the play. Illegal, or uh, uh, what do we call that one? I don't know. <laughs> just, do the points what matter? What do we I don't... call it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, spearing. How do you do that in football? Spearing. Into the man's heart, his achy, breaky heart. Is that an actual call? Is that a thing? It was on Phil's notes. I'm supposed oh, okay. to call Phil's notes. <laughs> the penalty will be enforced after the quarter. Hatfield, you've been warned one last okay. time. All right. What do you want? Okay. Preach on! <laughs> well, that, uh, that, that scripture says, let us... We got to get back to some God stuff. This is this is going bad. We got to don't allow ourselves don't allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good because at the right time we'll reap a we'll harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. You know what that means? What that verse means? It means that God wants you and I to win. He wants us to to endure. And if we're going to be winners, if we're going to be more than conquerors, there's only one way of doing that. And you've got to know this truth. You have to understand that winners grind it out. They don't give up. They do not give in. That's the major defining difference between those who win in life and those who don't. Those who settle. Those who win in their relationships. And, and, and in their goal setting. And in their financial life. And in, our, in their spiritual life. Those who win never give up. They don't settle. They don't, they don't, they just keep grinding no matter what. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. So what's the solution? Let God, that scripture said, let God do the growth work in you. He started a great work in you. Let him do it. Don't give up or quit. May we be people who make aggressive decisions that please the Lord. Let's not shy away from that. Our world is filled with people that are looking for the easy path. They're looking for the, the, the you know, the, the, the way that's just, what's going to cost me like next to nothing. You know, we don't want to cross the street to help somebody. We don't even want to cross the aisle to shake hands with somebody that we don't agree with. We just, we're comfortable with our dull ideas and our boring lives. We want to work from home so that we don't have to get out of our pajamas. We, we, want to, we want to find our soulmate, our soulmate, so that marriage can just be easy and everything will just be great. We want to win the lottery so that we don't ever have to think about anything ever again. I can just go and do whatever. It's all an illusion. You've got to get out of your PJs and go grind it out. There is no such thing as a soulmate out there. If you want to have a great marriage, then you've got to be aggressive about building a great marriage. It's not going to just happen for you. And you've got a better chance of being killed by a vending machine than you do of winning the lottery. And those are facts. Google it when you get home. That's the truth. It's just not, it's not, it's, it's time to stop waiting for life to get easy. 
It's not going to happen. It's time to stop. It's time to stop craving the path of least resistance. It's time to stop waiting for somebody else to come along and fix our problems. Grind it out. Run the race with endurance that God has marked out for you. Make the time count and know that you have a Savior in Jesus Christ that's going to be with you every step. Don't forget that. When I think about endurance, there is no greater hero, and I choose that word on purpose, there is no greater hero than Jesus. You think about someone who endured, who continues to endure, you just you don't get any better than, than the man. The one thing that I am really thankful for, and if you've been around here, I, I've probably said this before, but... I just think about it a lot. Is, and I think about Jesus when he, because he knew what was coming, right? He came and he lived and he taught and he showed us a glimpse of what God is like. But he knew that he was going to give his life. He knew that he was going to be crucified. He prophesied that all the time. And, and the day, when the day came and they were beating him and, and you know, he was carrying his own cross to his own place of execution... I think I am so grateful that he went all the way. Because so many of, of us, and myself included, I, I, I think I would have quit. I think I would have thrown in the towel and said, forget this. It hurts too much. It's too, it's too much. It's too great a burden to be bared. But, but our Lord, he went all the way to the cross. He endured the weight of our sin and all of our shortcomings. And all of our ways that we've rejected God and we have been, all of us, everyone in here, at one time we have been, the Bible says, haters, enemies of God. And yet he went all the way to Calvary and he gave his life so that we could be saved. So that all that stuff could be forgiven. And we could be made new and stand right before God and we could be real people who are deeply rooted in Jesus. I love Hebrews 12. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Just think of all the hostility that he endured from sinful people. And then you won't become weary and give up. We want to take a moment to just remember and to thank God for his sacrifice, to thank the Lord that he went all the way. So let me pray, and then uh, our folks are going to serve us communion. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Savior that we have in him. And I know that there's, Lord, you, you show no favoritism. And you see each one of us. And God, those of us that, are, that we are in and we are following you, we're grateful for the opportunity to be called children of God. And those of us that are standing just on the outside and we're looking in and we're wondering and we're curious, 
but I'm not so sure. God, I pray that you would, even in this moment, that you would touch our hearts, that reveal yourself to us in a new way, that we would know that you are the one true living God who was and is and is to come. We love you. We thank you for loving us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. That brings us to the end of the game. Touchdown, Team Hatfield! <laughs> Team Hatfield is awarded seven points for the touchdown. They are also awarded one extra point for the use of their phrase, one extra point for the use of scripture, and one extra point from that awesome Vince Lombardi quote, result, resulting in, that's a hard word for me, resulting in ten points for that quarter. However, there was a penalty on the play, and that will be inferred now, taking that back down to seven, which brings us to an ending score of 14 to 14, which means sudden death. All right, gentlemen, we will begin our sudden death with a flip of a coin. We will start to see what happens next with this coin. I have a coin that is red-sided and the coin that is blue-sided. I'm also contractually bound to, to let everyone know that we've been provided this coin by the UAW Local 862. <laughs> Still this. waiting for the check. we got to pay for this somehow. Yeah. All right, home team, since this is your field, I will let you call it in the air. You will call right. blue or red in the air. Ready? Yep. Here we go. Red. <laughs> well, as we all know from recent NFL playoff games, that the game is decided by a coin flip. Which means Team Mighty wins!
all so much. We will see you next week. What a stunning, stunning result to end the Super Bowl of preaching. What are, what are your thoughts? If you would ask me this before the game, I'd say, oh, I hope this isn't like we've seen in this playoff picture in the NFL. We're going to decide it on a coin flip. But you know what? How could, how could you have a winner? Everybody won on this. 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 Everybody won on this.